This is another episode from Road Warrior Hotwell. Today happens to be October 19th, 2007. Uh, actually, like, just past midnight, in fact, that early. Uh, by the time you, re- you listen to this, it'll probably be first week in November. But just wanted to have some comments I had out there. I was uh, watching the general coverage from the Pro Tour, Valencia. Pretty good, actually. Uh, BDM did a great job with Tournament Center. Listened to it all, watching it all live. Uh, him and Randy Bueller, um, they do complement each other fairly well in that. So it kind of annoys me um, how they implemented it this time around. The first Pro Tour of the year, they allowed, they when they introduced the tournament coverage, they also gave us the files to be downloaded from the website of Watsis as well as via iTunes, and that was awesome. I'll, I'll grab that for both the idea concept, execution, I give those A pluses. Uh, then Pro Tour after that, they uh, dropped the iTunes and download feed. Don't know why. It was kind of odd. So I, I'm idea why they got better at the concept, got better at the implementation of it. They, uh, but they failed on the delivery, in my opinion. They're, with YouTube being the only source to actually get those files from, uh, and they've considered and they've continued on to it. And this, then they had the Pro Tour San Diego earlier this year, where tire top four in the two-headed draft limited went start to finish, tops an hour and a half, all time included, and not a whole lot of the tournament coverage. A little bit less actually on the number of output and those who were always constantly talking about slivers. So I'm thinking, eh, overall, average was pretty good. The could have been uh, the variety of topics could have been up a little bit. They did pretty good on the, the podcast side of that, though. And then the top eight live coverage was top to bottom, less than one hour, hour and a half for the entire thing, draft included. And that was, you know, fairly disappointing, but that was also due to the fact that the format was completely dominated by, by uh, a team who implemented the best strategy of the entire tournament, bar none, and the only team ever, only time a, a Pro Tour has completely been dominated by such a strategy, probably in the lifetime of the Pro Tour, um, at least since, arguably since Pro Tour 2, where draft was first used, and nobody really knew what to do. Though this time, uh, I was kind of disappointed by the number of different variety of topics and number of tournament coverage tasks created. I was kind of expecting with a 10-round day one, 10 rounds on day one, and another three rounds of Swiss before the top eight, I was kind of expecting to see a tournament coverage recording, including including all the side topics like deck analysis and all stuff to be close to 10 or so on the first day and then like another two or the four on the second day for some mid-round stuff and then some posts with analysis before the uh, actual top eight took place. Um, I guess they decided they didn't have enough time for some of that, so they cut some of that idea. But it still is kind of dist- kind of annoying that, that we have this great technology and we're not putting forth tournament coverage on an every round basis yet. It doesn't take them that long to create the, the, the dialogue and or what they're going to talk about. I'm waiting for the day where the tournament coverage gets implemented as a round-by-round post-round analysis tool and therefore put out every round for every round of Swiss, at least something, along with the additional stuff for, like, the deck explanations, etc. Um, I think it's a great tool in general. I, I would like to see it more used more often. However, that execution needs to be a little bit more consistent to be in every round, a little bit more timely some, in some of the casts, instead of having to finally get a cast, like, three hours, every three hours or so, that talks about something that happened a couple hours ago. I would like to be a little more timely in that, and be more like a highlight, a post-round highlight coverage. And, um, I think that would make a lot of sense with tournament coverage. I think that would improve it somewhat, to my opinion. Uh, the other thing I would like to see is them returning to the fact that iTunes and or Watsi let people download it from their website as an MPEG file or a WMB file instead of being reliant on YouTube as a 
XLY file. The FLY happens to be flash video, a flash video file. The problem with flash video is that it's not generally downloadable from YouTube, and it's not generally playable on your local machine. However, there are hacks out there. There are websites out there like VIX.net and tools like Quick QUIBIC and KeepVid.com or other similar websites. In the case of what I did, I, after many hours of exploration and such, I eventually used uh, used a website to let me download those those uh, FLY videos directly from YouTube. In this case, it was KeepVid.com. That's K-E-E-P-V-I-D.com, and I downloaded those, all those all those uh, tournament coverages from that Pro Tour onto my hard drive and used a program called Freeze FLY to insert video type converter, F-R-E-E-Z, F-L-Y to like ABI or MPEG or MWV. I used a converter program that was a free download from another website, and after many hours of experimentation, I found that this combination of two tools allowed me to get the F-L-Y video off of YouTube so that I could make it into an M, an M, uh, a WMB video or an MPEG video that I can then use to insert into my DVD movie writer because in the end, what I like to do with all the stupid videos is I like to create a DVD movie across a couple of different DVDs because most of the time it's about six hours of the overall video in the end for the Pro Tour, for any given Pro Tour, and I can convert that into like a three-disc DVD movie set that I can then put into the background and listen to at times on my uh, TV or I can put into the computer at times to watch or I can occasionally take to, take to work as background noise and put in my headphones and I, uh, with these home DVDs I've got uh, just about every Pro Tour in existence. Um, Though the introduction of the YouTube stuff has made it considerably harder lately for me to get the sets of video downloaded. That and I've been kind of busy this year, so it's kind of a little late on this, but I still got to go back and get the last two previous pro tours as well the uh, San Diego and Geneva. Is it Geneva? No. San Diego and. Yokohama, yeah. I have to go back and get the Yokohama and, and San Diego videos so well to make DVDs out of. But after all this trouble, it took me several hours of look for looking around for tools, downloading stupid videos, finding converters that don't work, finding videos, finding websites that let you quote auto convert on the fly, and then downloading the converter file which did work or don't work. Um, one of the ones I used for those took like an hour per FLY, so I gave up on that idea and went, kept digging around and eventually found two tools. One that lets me do a quick download of the file and one that did allow me to do a quick convert of the file. After all that trouble, just so I can make myself a movie, when in reality, I shouldn't have to go through all this stupid trouble, Watsy should be providing me via iTunes as a downloadable video, just like they do their regular podcasts. In fact, this Pro Tours podcast were extremely light on number. We got, what, a total of five podcasts uh, total recorded, actual audio podcasts that were downloadable, when in reality this is, after all, a Pro Tour, and as much news came out of this particular Pro Tour, and as much effort and players, and the fact this was, what, the single largest individual player Pro Tour we ever had, we broke the record by something like 10 people, so we're in the low... 400s around 4:30, almost, almost 4:30. You would think that we would have like an adequate number of podcasts recorded. You'd think we'd have an adequate number of tournament coverage recorded. Technology is there. They're doing the right thing with all the technology. They got the setup. They're just not a making use of it enough. And that's my criticism of BDM, I guess. Is he's not doing enough of the highlights. And now that whoever it is made the decision, I highly disagree, dislike the fact that they're not providing the. that video coverage via either iTunes or their website for download, preferably iTunes, because it seems like that that should be a timely download for 
uh, round by round coverage particularly. I want to see them put more effort into making the tournament coverage available. I want to make more effort to make more, tournament, more of the tournament coverage recordings available. And I think if we get to that point, this will make for a great tool. Now, there was some concern that the, <clears throat> the shortened Pro Tours, this one, and then the one before that, has introduced a lot more luck into the Pro Tour this year than, we, than many of us would like to see. Um, I'm hoping Worlds will balance out that, and they put some serious effort into providing a lot of expert material for Worlds this year. Hope that somebody, at least with reason, at either inside of Watsi or from Top 8 Magic, is uh, listening to some of my podcasts with us, particularly this one, because I think they dropped the ball this year on... They, they started off really, really good with a great idea, but they dropped the ball on the execution over those last few Pro Tours using this tournament coverage setup. So this year's uh, this particular Pro Tours coverage, I'll give a an average B for execution of the actual live coverage, commentary, etc., and probably a B minus for the tournament center usage. It could have been a lot better implemented this time around and a lot more frequent. That being said, uh, congrats to the winners, Remy Fortier. He had a great Tormer Life Contra Top deck, something that was spawned off Magic Online a few months ago. And as it turns out, more and more and more on Magic Online, both in real life and in online, that uh, the creature to be coming out of, their, out of future sight that is just completely dominating the world is Tormoglyph. And for some reason, it seems to be the best creature out there now. Real life copies are going for as much as $30 for a non-foil version, as much as $100 for a foil version on eBay. Online, they're getting to be almost identical in price for a number of tickets. And that's kind of worrisome because you hate to have creatures that are staples that cost that much when it comes to tournament games, especially considering it's a small set that's going to be kind of hard to obtain in standard. I'm hoping that the start of the Invitational is only the first day has not been completed, and the fact that we had, like, a few podcasts are the recorded and released so far is a good sign that we'll have quite a few more. Um, I doubt that they do the, co- the tournament coverage set up for the Invitational, but it would have been nice if they would have more available resources to put in there, but hopefully they got to dedicate, at least the person dedicated to podcasting for it, and as well as, you know, the regular coverage, on uh, website written written coverage. I also want to say thank you to Watsi for considering the idea, particularly to Aaron Forsythe and anyone he was able to influence that writers slash broadcasters slash podcasters slash personalities on the internet should be given a choice to be voted for. In, for inclusion in the Invitational. If you go back to reading either my bio or uh, one of my early episodes, the point of the podcast, for me doing the podcast, is not only because I want to and because it's a lot of fun, but it's also because it's a record in my efforts to achieve in Magic those with things that I have not yet achieved. Among the short list of items includes an invitation to the Invitational. Or as, you know, and it's the fact that they're now considering adding personality of players to the Invitational on a year-in-year-out basis, I think is an awesome idea. And I'd love to personally think, whoever it is that came up with that idea, publicly, whoever you are, be it Baron Foresight, I don't know if that's actually your idea or if it's just something you happen to champion inside. You have my personal thanks. I would love to see you keep this idea. Mark Rosewater, your invitational, if you're going to take it back over, start running it from the top down, back as a live event again like you did this year in Essex, in Germany, Essex, Germany, at the... At the um, the Essex Game Fair, I believe. Let me go check that real quick. Essen. Is Essen, Germany? <laughs> I don't know if I actually used to live in Germany. Um, can't remember where Essen is exactly. I'll have to look it up. But, yeah, I used to live in Germany. I really liked the area. Spent many years. Actually, I lived there seven out of nine years during my uh, teenage years, mostly. 
went to high school in Germany, in an American high school, which shut down immediately after I moved away. My graduating class consisted of 30 people. We were the largest graduating senior class that school ever had during its entire existence at Neuilm American High School. So to give you an idea of just, you know, how out there it was as was. But the fact that they're considering people who put in this kind of effort, who put in time to entertain people, to put in time to get opinions out to people in some kind of audio format or video format. Uh, like Evan Irwin, he does a great podcast. It's a video podcast. He does. It's a great thing to watch on YouTube. It's kind of hard to get to watch for myself because of the fact that my machine at work isn't able to really access YouTube very effectively, but that and I shouldn't be watching the video while I'm working. But he does put out a great a great podcast, uh, very funny. There's many a great podcast out there for Magic, actually. Um, I came across a new one that I'm going to experiment with called the com. Some brand new one that just popped up with the video cast. I'm going to look into it more. I also, there's lots of great casts on our network, mtgcast.com. Feel free to check out any of them. We're the official home for a lot of things, including uh, MTG Salvation's official podcast of news podcast and Rumor Mill podcast, the Monday Night Magic Mix, that has Dom and Gavin and Tom host. Uh, we also a home for the Magic Sock, which is one of the longest continuously active podcasts out there. He's up to his mid-80s now and, or higher in a really shows. He puts out one every week. I'll probably actually catch him up in numbers eventually because I tend to put out at least once a week, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. But the fact that podcasters are being considered now for invitational invites is, is a great thing, especially it's considered it also comes with a free trip to the Pro Tour, but that's just gravy to the, that's just throwing gravy on the, on the potatoes, as it were, because in the end, you know, the invite to the invitational, that is something special, and that's something that only 16 people a year get to get the option of, can, or her can participate in. Still, happen to go through the effort with YouTube to download all the FLY files, convert over to the MPEG in order to make a DVD video, just seems far too much trouble, and Watsy needs to go back and reconsider the idea of letting iTunes be able to download this stuff for us, make it at least available in a convenient format anyway, even if it's not iTunes, at least giving us an archive out there on a page where we can download them manually, much like all the old videos from the, from the Pro Tour historian, uh, Pro Tour, uh, nah, the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame records, or like many of the older Pro Tours. Besides that, the quality comes out when you convert an FLY file to, a, to an MPEG or M. MWV file, or, yeah, a WMV file, in order to uh, put them into a DVD form. The end quality in the, at the end of it resembles that of the recording quality and broadcast quality that Watts used back in 2003 for Worlds in Germany, and or around that same time frame. So when you set it all up and you get to that point where you make yourself a movie out of it, and you finally get it showing the actual final thing, it's it's almost impossible to see and understand what the TV, on the TV what the cards are because of the the, the sheer quality of the conversion from a flash video over to an MPEG or, or Windows Media file. It I'll just say it's lacking. It needs to be readdressed. Whoever made that decision needs to be look, needs to be asked again why. Early 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 Friday morning. Tomorrow Saturday morning. Ha 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 ha. First qualifier in the lower wind limited PTQ season happens to be hosted in Denver. For whatever reason, we've always liked it, or at least our TO has always liked to schedule the first week or second week of a season for their Pro Tour qualifiers. It's kind of cool because it means we're always on the cutting edge of stuff too, but for lower wind limited, that means the stuff has been in stores now for a week or so prior to the PTQ, and if you did not attend the pre-release, 
that makes testing for the PTQ darn near impossible, especially since it's not even out of, you know, it's not out of Magic Online. You can't just go draft a set per se unless you show up at the store with, with, or get an argument or organize eight people to show up at your house to do it. So I'm going to be a bit behind the curve come Saturday, come tomorrow. Uh, Paul thinks he's up to speed at this point. I've been unable to do any test drafts because of other things going on right now. But at least I got, at least if, uh, assuming everything goes right, me and Paul are going to still go up there tomorrow. Jaden will be spending time with her mom while I'm up there. And hopefully we'll do well. I expect Paul to do really well. I'm not I'm not holding out high hopes that I'm going to be, you know, turning any people's heads in limited in the format. I have no, you know, right now I don't even understand any constructed yet. But I, I'm definitely not prepared for it in limited. Because in order for me to get prepared for it, I need access to it on Magic Online, really. And that just doesn't happen with the format, with the uh, timing that our TEO likes to use for the seasons. Now, speaking of states, eight days away. Time's running out. I know time's running out. And I'm running out of ideas. Things that I have tried aren't working. I really didn't want to have to play a creature heavy deck. I really didn't want to. Uh, I haven't been able to figure out the mid-range creature slash permission slash removal combination just yet. I mean, I could go back to the default of what I had recently thought of doing straight blue-white, throwing in some locks and warhammers, and running like 14 to 18 creatures, including four Eon Chroniclers and some Masticors, and seeing what I could do. But that doesn't seem to pan out very very well against a fast deck, even if I do go in with Wrath of God into that mix. As a blue-white or blue-red using Pyroclasm doesn't work out as well as, as, as advertised or as well as you would expect in that kind of setup. So I'm thinking the core of the idea isn't very good either. So I'm getting to points like I'm starting to dig around for website ideas. There's not nearly as much info out there as I would have expected to see on the various forums. Um, I have seen a lot of good solid lists for Merfolk. I've seen a lot of good solid lists for uh, Kithkin. But at the same time, it's not really what I was looking for. But if I have to resort to that kind of kind of a deck, I may have to. I'm not opposed to doing it. I just didn't really want to because I don't enjoy it as much as I do just, you know, mass murdering the world. The Hitler of magic, if you will. But, yes, my time is starting to run out. I'm going to try to organize one or two or three playtest sessions during the last week prior to states at my house with people who are going to test out their ideas because I think we need to sit down and do some serious efforts. And now that the springboard has been down because of lack of funding by the owner, it's been down for almost a full month now. Pretty much most of my preparation sandbox, if you will, for deck ideas with other players and throwing ideas across to other players has uh, been pretty much killed this year. And I'm gonna definitely, I'm definitely behind the curve now. It's kind of frustrating to see the the springboard actually have been taken offline. It's been offline for about a full month, almost a full month now, going on four weeks. Uh, something soon will have to happen. According to the uh, person who owns it, if he wants to bring it back up, he has to reprogram the whole thing from scratch at this point, which I highly doubt he will, because he uh, has lost complete interest in magic, as if you will, right now, and has dedicated his spare time to beer making, his brand new wife, and wow. So it's not like. We're going to get him to do much of anything when it comes to, to magic because he just doesn't have any interest in being participant anymore. So I'm thinking about trying to convince everybody to go over to an unused forum, which happens to be MTG board at this point. Uh, so if you see this about time, a lot of people start showing up on that board, which is www.mtgboard.com. Happens to also be the message forums for mtgcast.com and rolltohit.com and a few other websites that are owned by Dominic Hodgkinson. It's a fairly unused set of boards, but they're there, so I might be might make use of them as at least a, just 
a place to get, keep in touch with some of my friends in Oregon. The ideas that I have had for states have included some snow control, some snow mid-range control, be it red, green, blue, white, insert flavor here. I've tried a straight blue-white deck using basic tidings for card advantage, a bunch, and as much as like 8 to 12 permissions, and six types of wraths, and condemns, and that hasn't worked out nearly as well as I expected it to, in a creature-heavy environment even. I've tried, not a big fan of Blink, I just can't see me, see me doing that. And without Martyr having any real good recursion options, I can't see that being good other than just the, as a straight up, oh, I'll gain like 12 life here occasionally and early game and block this guy and then gain like 15 life here in the early game and just drag out to the point where I can make it to a longer game better. But even then, that's not the greatest answer for white right now. So I'm kind of running out of ideas. Might be tapping more into the resources of a few list of other listeners from Top8Magic.com to uh, help me find a deck that I might end up playing at this point or at least putting some more effort into testing one next week in preparation of it. I know Nick Bonham's friends, and Kenny York specifically, they've been, uh, they've been working at the format hard. At least if I get up there for the qualifier tomorrow, and then maybe the poker game at Alex Smith's house the following night, or the following uh, that, that evening, I mean, of the Saturday evening, they're going to play 50 cent and $1 no limit again. If I make it to that poker game, at least I'll have possibly access to Kenny to help pick his brain as a last-minute thing, maybe have him help help me put together an idea for a deck for states. I'm just running out of ideas, I guess, that are working. At least, at least successful ones, anyways. I've had plenty of bad ones, and that's really bugging me, because it used to be, a few years ago, that was my forte, was building to unknown formats. I was really good in lock and start and I was amazing when it came to states every year. That was my specialty at the time, but I guess, you know, if you don't practice the skills often enough, you tend to lose them after a while. And, and of course, you know, being eight days of states, the day before states also happened to be the divorce hearing in front of the judge with me and Kim. Um, hopefully everything goes well then, and if it, everything gets closed out and he signs off on everything, and I finally got all the paperwork from both of us agreed to, everything in writing agreed to that I'm happy with, and if he's happy with it and he accepts it, if he as a judge accepts it as, as being valid, then day of states will also be the day of the next phase of my life as a, as a uh, single guy again. Only that I'll be having my daughter living with me six to s- at least five to six days out of every week. So, but hey, looking forward to that. That's definitely looking forward to that. It's been something I should have done two years ago and not waited as long as I did. But, all right. And uh, hopefully you'll be listening to this in early November. I intend to get a couple more podcasts out. I tend to record one if I'm at the PTQ as well as at the States and possibly during the playtest session. So, those will be the future ones, and then at that point, you should be all caught up. This is Chris Otwell, signing out for World War Otwell.